0: what's happening everybody and welcome back to park lane podcast episode number 70 if you're keeping count if you're not keeping count then you can start from now and you can carry on but uh anyway nice to be joined uh by these two lovely faces as i am pretty much every week at the moment but uh for those that can't see i'm joined by mr harry scarf first of all how you doing mate you all right
1: yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, nice to be back on. Uh, so yeah, no, it's been a good day for me because um, I'm have i joining uh, less uh, talk, uh, media, basically, as, as a football writer. Um, so I'm quite excited by that. So getting to work with an amazing team. So that, that will start tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, and it's great to come back on uh, and discuss a fr- frustrating game. Yeah, definitely. We've actually,
0: actually got an action-packed show today. So we've actually got two games to talk about. Um, so even more
2: nonsense for us to sprout, but uh, I'm also joined by Winnie. Winnie, how you doing, buddy? All good, all good, mate. I don't think my day's been as, as exciting as H's. Um, you know, I rolled out of bed, went for a walk, and then here I am now. So, <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm, I'm, nonetheless, I'm still good, I'm all good. So, as, as and as hey. H said, we've got hey. a lot, and, and you said we've got a lot to talk about, so I think we should probably crack on with it.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat um, at the moment, but obviously want to shout out to everybody um, that listens to us on podcast platforms as well because we do see you. Um, sorry, Mister Harry Scarf, mind dropping your dinner? Uh... No, no, I just have it as a bit of my dessert before it melts. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, shout out to everyone that does that, and uh, thanks to all the new listeners as well. Those that follow us on YouTube, um, we know who you all are. We'll shout you out in a minute. But uh, yeah, thanks again. Make sure you subscribe, like. And share and all the good stuff because the first of two big announcements today um me and Winnie are going to be talking tomorrow about potentially bringing the FIFA streams back everybody so if you want to see us play uh, FC 24 yes. then uh yeah yeah now is the time new year new FIFA so uh yeah we're going to talk about it new a bit year, more it should be coming Exactly, it should be coming in the f- next few weeks, but that's the first announcement of today's show. Uh, quickly shout out to everyone in the chat. Jay said, Good evening, looking forward to today's show as always. Thomas has said, Evening, guys, and Barney has also said, Evening, guys, as well. Um, Thomas said, Well done, Harry. I sent the letter to not sure what that means. You know what that letter,
1: means? no, <laughs> sorry, no. Thomas. My memory's not great. So, it's probably something you said earlier, so remind me. <laughs> Uh, David Clark's in the chat. um,
0: I should probably actually read this first, but it says, It's hilarious. Spurs' ladies' coach just mirrored Andy's crazy substitutions fiasco and also conceded an injury-time goal for the opponents to equalise. You just couldn't write a comedy script like it.
1: Added something, Um, yeah.
0: Oh, God. And Dirty Sanchez said that evening as well. Evening to everybody. If you are obviously in the chat and you haven't said evening, make sure you do or leave. Uh, Anyway, let's move on and talk about Brentford. So, looking all the way back to midweek's game, Harry, we played Brentford and we beat them 3-1. I want to talk about a couple of the changes that um, Ange made, because at the start of the, the match, I texted Winnie and I said, Hoyberg, um Hoyberg had been taken out, or the skipper come in, is that because of, you know, Hoiberg's shit, basically, and doesn't suit the system? But... He ended up Skip ended up having an absolute stinker, which we'll talk about a bit later. But what were your thoughts on that kind of uh, rotation between uh, Hoiberg and Skip?
1: Uh, I don't think it's surprising because we look at them both and go, certain games are suited to certain individuals. Like Everton, for example, is a more physical game. I'd rather Hoiberg in that. Brentford should be more ball on the floor, which I think Skip is more suited. Um, so, yeah, the rotation was normal. Obviously, we'll get on to Skip's performance. I don't think he was that bad. I think it was a case of the midfield wasn't ticking um, and we had to change some of it. And, and Skip was the one who was sacrificed. Uh, Hojbic, a bit of cool, calmness, composure, uh, which he does bring. I prefer Hojbic coming on the start starting the game. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that that's always, throughout his career, suited him, even at Southampton, when he was injured. Just coming on and seeing out a game was, was his real strength, even if it still does it for Denmark. He's much better off the bench. Um, so, yeah, not, no surprise about the rotation. Uh, so I went into the game quite confident, but... As we all soon know, that didn't um, all go to plan.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you are right, boys. I did get it wrong. 3-2 was the scoreline, but you know, <laughs> we we're going to let that one slide. But uh, Johnny's back in the house. So uh, big up to you, Johnny and mm. Donna Cullen and yeah. whoever else is talking nonsense at the moment in our YouTube chat. But um, <laughs> Winnie, didn't get off to a good start because six, 14 minutes in, Redmond went 1-0 up where probably one of the worst strikers in Premier League history scored. Um, only scored four times this season, and I think that's probably a record for him to be fair because he is probably, as I said, one of the worst strikers I've ever seen. But Neil Mopay uh, puts Brentford 1 0 up, and it was just poor, wasn't it? From Spurs, like we play that high line, we play out from the back at the halfway line, and Destiny New Doggy, who is a quality player for us, just sloppy, giving the ball away and uh punished, weren't we?
2: Yeah, it was, it was unfortunately the start of quite a a bad evening for for your doggy, you know, he's not really, I think he, I'd like to think he's Mr. Consistent, you know, he's one of these players that goes kind of unnoticed, you, you know, he always puts in a good performance, um, not necessarily an outstanding one, but, you know, he, he's probably like a seven out of 10 at least every, every single game. But this was um, probably the first time I've looked at him and gone, wow. Like, But and it just shows that he's, he's, you know, he's such a young kid and he's got so much to, he's so much to learn. His roof is so high, but yeah. Yeah, not not a good start. And and let's be honest, how many times have we have we said this now? Not a good start for Spurs. Not a good start for Spurs. It just seems to be. I don't. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't. I, you know, I'm not a football coach, but I don't see why we can't just start on the front foot. You know, what I, mean? I, I, I or don't finish. Get it. It seems, you what? Sorry.
0: Or finish on
2: the front. Or court. finish. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, as you say, buddy, really one of the probably worst strikers in the Premier League. But look, he, he got his goal and. And and to be perfectly honest, that's that's for him. That's all that matters, you know. Is 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 another mark on, on on the sheet. But terrible start and and very very sloppy from destiny. But as you know, as we will talk about a bit further, um, it's not the end of we. We'll, you know what we'll hear from his downfall for that game.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, big shout out to Holly Agambo, who's in the chat as well. uh she will be actually on next week's show, everybody. So. There's apparently three announcements now because that's another one for you all. And um,
1: and she's on the show tomorrow after hers as well. so well, There
0: you go. She's getting around all of the shows. But um, yeah, Mope <laughs> is so funny, right? And like, I'm sorry if anyone's his biggest fan. Like, listen to this. But even when he scored, it wasn't the cleanest of like strikes. Like it, he slipped. It bounced off him. And went to the back of the net. But Harry, he spent the entire first half. I actually put a bet on him before the game to get a yellow card. uh in the game which did happen because he spent the entire game winding the spurs players up you know he started on um first of all you know madison's celebration you know he's then pushing richarlison around he was pushing romero it then ended up benton and that was the point in which he ended up um with a yellow card but what do you make of that style of sportsmanship
1: uh, well, it's for me. It's all about tactical. It's how to get into the Spurs players' head. And to be honest with you, I think it worked in the first half. We we clearly were rattled by some foot. Uh, ultimately, Morpe got his goal. Definitely not, you know, what you would what you're looking for in a striker. As you said, he scores, but it's still scrappy. But he's a pain to play against. It's a frustrating individual. He knows how to wind you up. He and ultimately he put the ball in the back of the net. As when he said that's his job, and he's done it. Doesn't matter how it goes in. Um, And and he scored. So, yeah, it's it's not the way that I would approach a game. I I think it's borderline disrespect. But also, I think there's a lot of tactical element, if you like, behind it and what he's doing and the individuals he chose to wind up in your Charles and Romero, who out of any of the team are most likely to react. Um, So it's quite clever. And he probably got what he wanted in the first half. He got his goal, Brentford led and we didn't know what hit us. Yeah, definitely. I'll always remember
0: him um, when he was at Brighton against Arsenal, and he wound up uh, Gwen Doozy, um, and ended up he ended up snapping in the end. So I, you know, I will give Romero that respect because you know he didn't um, he didn't act in mm-hmm. it. And he did keep his head, but as you say, it's not the way that I would play the game either. But, Winnie, we one of the things we have been critical of Ange about, you know, and we are critical when we have to be, is sometimes his substitutions. But in this game, he acted swiftly, and at halftime, he took Skip off on. He took Benzikor off, uh, not for the first time with Benzikor actually, and um, put Brennan Johnson on and moved Decky uh, into the number 10 role. But within two minutes of the game restarting, we're back level, 1-0, with Werner, uh, Werner sorry, goes down the wing, cuts it inside to uh, Udogi, who gets a little bit lucky, uh, first shot is blocked and then hits him and then he gets a, a second try, but um, brilliant to see you know him making up for his earlier error, right?
2: yeah, exactly. Um, Unfortunately, that's not all of the story, as as, as we will talk about. But yeah, no, look, it was great for him. He's he's always, you know, this system suits him so well because he's always in advanced positions. Um, You know, even more advanced than Porro is, really, even though they're both Mm -hmm. inverted fullbacks. I think he's the one that's given more freedom to push forward, you know, because he's got such great ball carrying ability. Um, and in his energy and his you know his close control et cetera is he, fantastic so but yeah so he, you know' he's, he's in these positions um and as you say he got a bit of luck with the uh with the with the finish you know obviously it came straight back to him and he was able to tap it in but look it, it was a frantic start wasn't it um and as you say with his substitutions i was a bit unsure I'm, I'm unsure of the whole benton core situation because for me he's our best midfielder and he's someone who i would be keeping on the pitch regardless of Because if you look at if you look at all these fantastic players, um, even if they're having a bad game, you feel like that, you know, even out of nothing, they can create something. Um, And that's how I feel with Benton Corr. But, you know, Ange seems to drag him off. But look, who am I to judge? Because it made an instant impact. Um, And as you say, your doggy kind of made up for his his error earlier in the game.
0: Definitely it is really interesting, and I completely agree with you. Like when I see him dragging Bentecore off at half time, it makes me think like, does he not like like Benzincor? Or, you know, I'd like to see a kind of behind the scenes of how it is, whether it's literally just tactical and yeah. just game management and saying, Do you know what? We need um a Hoiberg in there, and I think that Decky does a better role um in that 10 and then allows Madison to be a bit more free. I don't know, because when Skip plays with Bendencore, Bendicore seems to be further backwards than Skip so it's, it's we really have a lot, lot of
2: flexibility points. we have a lot of flexibility with our side in the sense that if we have um a decky on the right wing and a verna on the left wing uh with johnson on the bench we ha- we have the ability to bring johnson on to make an impact which for me you know at the moment i think that's probably his best his best um place for tottenham is on the bench coming off the bench with tired legs etc uh, and really like you know like shock the opponents when he's coming off the bench so but we have a lot of flexibility in the sense that we can do that. And we can, it's not as if we need to go like for like. We can move Decky into a central position um, and keep him on the pitch as well. So it, it's good. It's good options to have. Yeah, 100%, mate. And that's a
0: really good segue because, hey, H, uh, what literally a minute after we go one all, we go two one up. And Werner again um, drives <coughs> down the wing and just slots the yeah. ball perfectly. I, first, I thought Werner was going to shoot. But then, you know, he slotted it perfectly across the, the face of the goal. And uh, as Winnie said, Brennan Johnson was there at the back post. And uh, I, for one, was absolutely delighted for him to score because, as we've talked about on this show, he's got, had some unwarranted stick. And I think that, you know, getting a goal will
1: do him the world of good. It will. Listen, let's be clear. It was a perfect start to the half. And and going back to what you kind of said about the substitutions, um, I was surprised but wasn't surprised. Um, I expected to see Johnson on because um, he is, that's when he says, I think he's, he's, he's an impact player. Whether you like it or not, he was at Forest. I think it's just, it's, it's, you get players, and I think Verne and Simba as well, they're, they're good at impacting games and often coming off the bench. Uh, so it didn't surprise me. Uh, Benton, I was surprised he came off, but ultimately for me, he was probably the worst player on the pitch in that first half. and That's unlike him. But coming back from injury as well, maybe there's a little bit more than you thought about it. Skip, I thought, was okay. But again, he had to be sacrificed to, to take that risk to be able to win the game. Uh, but Johnson, delight for him. Werner as well. The questions already start with him, and that was a fantastic cross. The Werner at Chelsea or, or Leipzig got a shot uh, and it would have gone safely wide or into the keeper's arms, but he's clever, um, perfect cross, and, and Johnson, right place, right time. Credit for getting there, and when he gets there, he can't miss. So happy for Werner, happy for Johnson, happy for Ange, because the, the question's already circulating at half-time about the team selection, and son, that's a lot of people, so that's quite nice. Good start to the half.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. And um, you know, I'd like to see stats in terms of, um, you know, Werner's goal involvements, not necessarily stat uh, assists and goals, but goal involvements be
1: involved because into three I... now, isn't he? In, yeah. In what, well,
0: because yes. because let's let's think about. I would say at least four this week in terms of like goal involvements. Now, I would class a goal involvement of, of as of a progressive pass within one or two passes of the ball going in the back of the net, and I think that. At least two uh, the other night, and probably a couple on yesterday. So, like, I would say you probably at least four goal involvements. Not to mention yeah. he got um, before that. So, um, it's- I- I assist against United as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's looking good. There's quite a lot of comments in the chat, so I do want to um, speak to a couple of them. Um, David and Jay, I will come back to you talking about Vicario uh, because I think this is a really important topic that we will discuss, but we will discuss it after the Everton chat um, because I think it's important to do that um, after we've talked about the incident. But David did say, I love Andy's style of football, but please don't keep making statements about you won't change the way your team plays and then go and do the complete opposite by making negative substitutions. Winnie, I'll come to you with this one. What do you think about that? Do you think that Andy makes negative substitutions Yet
2: states that he won't change the way we play. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the negative substitution thing is, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a football manager, so I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you can sit there and you can watch a game and you can go, oh my God, like we are crying out for a substitution here. And even, you know, like we look at our bench and if we've got, um, I don't even know, a, a Brian Hill or something, we're going, look, let's just chuck him on. Let him run at the defence or something like that. Um, we, something just needs to change. But I don't feel like a lot of the time with Angie's subs. I don't. Isn't I'm not. It's not like I'm sitting there screaming out for a sub. So I sometimes feel like he makes them for the sake of it. Um, but again, who am I? Look, I'm. I'm. I'm still not going to sit here and criticise him because um, I don't think it's time just yet. We are still in a transitional period. I'm looking forward to when we have the likes of Basuma and we have Sonny back because we'll be making changes. We could maybe potentially make be making changes like Basuma coming on for Bentoncourt or, or Skip or, I don't know, maybe Werner coming off the bench for Richarlison, etc. And we can maybe see a bit more of a positive impact. And I think the problem is thats is that we've got Skip coming on for Bentoncourt. Um, you know, Brian Hill, I know I've just mentioned it as an example, but Brian Hill coming on for Werner, it's not really positive and it's not really what we, you know, they're not really going to change a game. So mm. I will see what substitutions he starts making when he's got a fully fit squad. Uh, and I will judge him on that, I think.
0: It's interesting, really, isn't it? Um, and we'll move on um, in a second. But it's interesting that, you know, you would class bringing on Hoiberg against Man City at halftime for Brian Hill, a negative substitution. Yet with Brian Hill on the field, we scored once. With Hoiberg on the field, we scored twice. So actually we scored more goals with what you might class as a negative substitution. There's a difference though.
1: Do we want me what? to explain? Well, firstly, I'd City... like to hear your thoughts on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Against City, I think Andrew Lodge went to attack and we pretty much went with three offensive-minded midfielders and that was just too much and we were we could have conceded three or four uh, maybe more, City obviously didn't have Haaland on the day um, so we were in trouble so Hojberg had to come on for me and that was just the, the right move, Gill probably too physical for him. Uh, whereas against Everton, it's a completely different opponent. And you go, we need the second goal and you're making a defensive change. Uh, I've, I'm someone who likes to give Brian Gill opportunities, but at the end of the day, Everton's a very physical game. And one thing, whatever you think about Brian Gill, he isn't, is physical. He always give it a go, but he's not the one in the air. The, and just little things, Luke, where I go, right, Everton want the ball in the air. We continue to put it up in the air and we're, we're giving them what they want, set pieces, like Kulusevsky. He has five yards to himself, but takes too many touches, gives the ball away, commits a foul, and that eventually leads to the goal as mm. well. So, And part of that is also, I suppose, down to the manager. But you've got people like me saying we need to learn to see out of game. I suppose he tried to do that against Everton. It didn't work. So, you know, who would want to be in his shoes? It is very difficult. But City, I think he realised that he went to attacking. And I think, being honest he would probably admit that. He just didn't get asked the question. Uh, looking back on it against Everton, maybe he would have gone with a different approach. But it's so easy to say after the game.
0: Yeah, I, I I get you, and I agree with what you're saying. But my point was that you would class Hoiberg for Hill as a negative substitution, but it didn't change the way that we played football because we were actually more offensive because we scored more goals. Do you get do you get my point? Like I know, yeah. and I know we're talking about Everton more. I'm I'm using that as like one example where that went well. But um, I get what you're saying about Everton. Like we will get onto that in a minute when we talk Everton. Those substitutions probably cost us that game. And we should have learnt from when we played Everton earlier on in the season where pretty much the same thing happened, but we got lucky and stayed in the game. Um, but let's move on to the, uh, the third goal um, because Madison has a shot, uh, 55 minutes, sorry. So Madison has a shot, which is blocked. Um, and Richie's there to just slot it home. Um, and, you know, I will give you this, Harry. You've gone back and forwards on how many goals Richie will score. He <laughs> might actually not be far off how many he's going to score this season because, you know, even if you did go between 15 and 20 goals, I think he could hit that target now. And I think that's really a realistic yeah. target that should be in his brain. And so, um, you know, fair play for that. But we scored three goals, uh, Harry, in seven minutes in that game. And we just completely blew Brentford out the water.
1: Everyone was screaming, I assume, at home and at the stadium. Why couldn't we have done this earlier? Yeah, it's one of those things where you go, right, if it's a better opponent, you do that against Man City and not being funny with 4-0 down at half time. the game's done, and I mean that as well. I look at Brentford and go, they were better than us in every single department in that first half, right? We had all the ball, absolutely nothing with it. There's not one situation that first half where I went, that's a goal-scoring opportunity. And, and Brentford, again a bit more clinical they could have they could have even put the game to bed in that first half so we were no disrespect to Brentford but we're lucky it's them and, and not someone like you Manchester Cities. um so yeah I don't I don't get what takes so long in a game and I don't mind it now because I look at Brentford um well Everton should be another one shouldn't it where you can go look we could turn this game around um but you just can't do that against big teams so they'll punish you before you get to halftime so it's a concern going forward um But, yeah, we're without two key players. I think you've got to remember that. So, Brentford overall, I think the performance was disappointing and obviously we get on to the ending. For me, that was as disappointing. Um, And we got away with it. You know, we're talking about a Brentford side that, for me, ultimately are in a relegation battle. Yes, they're still punching above their weight. They did last season without Rico Henry, who's out for the season. That's massive for them. Obviously, on on the brink of being in the England squad, they've only just got Ivan Tony back. And that's why I think that they will be okay. We've got Luton and Everton who are picking up Mm -hmm. points. Consistently, and I think will consistently, especially Luton. Um, so Brentford need as many points as possible. Well, we we just every opportunity where you thought the game's done, we allowed them back in it, and that, that is a concern um for me.
0: Yeah, definitely, because Winnie we got ourselves three one up, we're cruising in the game, and then Destiny Adoggy, who's given away already one goal in the game, scores, and we think, Oh, fair enough, he made up for it. He then makes <laughs> the wildest back pass I've ever seen uh to Ivan Tony who you know fair play to him we'll talk about Ivan Tony in a minute as well but fair play to him he took his chance and he slotted it um pretty nicely in the back of the net but what what's the doggy thinking like we're these are the these are the things that turn us from a team that can win a Premier League into a team
2: that may not even get top four I have no idea that's the answer I have no idea what he was thinking I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. It, it, I, I'm assuming he didn't see Tony, but I don't know how we didn't see him because he was standing right there in front of him. So, look, it, it, we, we can like, like I said before, he's, he's a, a young player who is who we didn't expect to hit the ground running, as he has done. We didn't yeah. expect him to come in and, yeah. and make such a huge impact because he has done. That's a fact. Um, we, you know, we expected him to come in and maybe do a little bit here. and we, we didn't even, I, I don't suppose we even expected him to come in and start, to be perfectly honest. Um, we thought, you know, I certainly thought he'd maybe come in and, and, and maybe not be ready up to scratch for the Premier League. So yeah. he'd probably be on the bench, make a couple of appearances. So, but look, he, <clears throat> it was a terrible evening for him. We've already touched on that. He scored, obviously, made up for it a little bit, but. Um yeah, it's just these little moments that we seem to switch off. That's what's letting us down at the moment. We don't seem to give away good goals. You know, like we don't, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't mind if someone put one in from the top corner from 30 yards or whatever. Um, But we just seem to give teams easy goals. And we need to be a lot better than that if we are going to be uh, a, a title challenging side in the future. Um, yeah, and we, yeah. we cut these mistakes out.
0: Spot on definitely, and uh, I don't know if you heard Winnie, but uh, the Spurs fans started singing
2: Ivan Tony, You Should Have Cashed Out. Um, I thought that was uh, hilarious. Yeah. I do yeah. the, the Spurs fans, all, you know, we, we've got such, such a great support to be fair, but every now and then we do come out with a little belt like that. So, the problem is, is that was being sung around the like 60th
0: minute, and I was thinking, yeah. you started early here, like, <laughs> you know, imagine. Yeah. And for to imagine score. Brentford, yeah, <laughs> Brentford come back. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Tony did score. But I mean, you know, imagine uh, singing that and then we go and draw three all or lose the game. It's, uh, you have to kind of pick your moments. But then, you know, Vicario did what Vicario did what does, Harry and wound Ivan Tony up at the end of the game. And he's quite good at that, isn't he? It's happened a few times now where he kind of, you know, winds the opposition up at moments, you know, after the game, once it's done, once we've won. But, um, what do, you, what do you think about the way he acts sometimes, Vicario?
1: Couldn't care less, really. As long as he's done before and after the game. I just want to win the game. And we've done that. So you can, you can do what you I don't care what the players do. It's like, you know, Man United had a lot of issues. I don't care what you do outside of football as long as you give 100% while you're on the pitch. Um, and he does that. And he, he deserved the right, you know, he, he had a, generally speaking, good game. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that. But I don't like it when you do it. Against Palace, he was it Palace. There's one game he'd done it during the game. I can't remember what game it was. There's one player, it was a striker yeah. as well. Come back to me. Uh, but then later in it, you know, he just puts himself in trouble because that striker is even more determined to score, so he needs to be careful. Uh, you see, like Richard Romero, We have a lot of that kind of. Well, i was saying the, the word that I want to say characters uh, in the dressing room <laughs> that they, they love an argument, they love, they love a debate, and I, I like all of that. I like that competitive bit, but it's got to be done sensibly um, after the game, which it was. So. But I'm more focused on winning the game, which we did.
2: So, hey, the rest I, think, I think the scenario you're thinking of, I think it was uh, against Newcastle with Callum Wilson,
1: wasn't it? Oh, Callum Wilson, yeah, it was Callum Wilson. Yeah, I thought it was after the game, wasn't it? Or was that during the game? Yeah, it was, it was during, it was, it, was it? it? But every time Callum Wilson got the ball, he looked sharp and an energized player, so it did worry me at one point. <laughs> so, needs to be careful.
0: You know, there, there's certain times in there where I think we're like that kind of thing because we're on the border of being um, contradicting ourselves, here, aren't we? Because we weren't happy with Neil Mope, but we're very happy with Vicario, you know, does yeah. it? It's, um... yeah,
1: that's the bias, isn't it? Really,
0: yeah, definitely 100%. Um, but look, we won the game and, and happy days. Um, moving on to yesterday's game against Everton, and you know, Winnie said at the start of the show. We always say, why do we start games poorly? Well, we didn't start games poorly, because in four minutes, we went 1-0 up. Um, really, really good play again, down the left-hand side involving Werner. Played it into a doggy, who played a perfectly weighted, a kind of floated ball, I suppose you'd say, kind of to Richarlison, who volleyed it into the top corner. And, uh, you know, what do you make, when you talk about this goal winning, what do you make of Richarlison not celebrating still
2: against uh, Everton? He, uh, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I like respecting football. Um, yeah. I, you know, you can, he, he still celebrated in a manner. Like he didn't just like, just walk off back to the halfway line. He still celebrated with his teammates um, because his teammates are happy for him. He's happy he scored a goal because he plays for Tottenham Hotspur. But yeah, no, I'm all about respecting football. Um, but, you know, they'll, 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 I'm sure there'll come a time if he's still at Tottenham in five years, maybe. I don't know. He'll score against Everton, and he might celebrate. I don't know, but as you say, it was a frantic start again. You know, we started well for a change, um, as opposed to us being on the back foot. Um, and this is what I mean. Why don't we do it more often? But as you say, you um, Doggy and Verna heavily involved again, and uh, it was good to see you Doggy get such a you know an involvement such an an early stage of the game after having a bit of a stinker in week, um, and I'm sure he would have. He would have been grateful for that as well, um, and uh, you know, a great finish again from Richarlison. Who I'm happy to say um, that hey, H, you could be, you could be right, mate. We could be wrong. We said he'd have an absolute stinker, um, and he wouldn't reach anywhere near the goals that he has so far. But whatever, I've said it before on, I think I've said it on here, I said it on Holly's show as well. Whoever this surgeon is, I need to get his number because he's completely transformed Richarlison into this Unbelievable. incredible striker. And you know what? Like little things, like not just his finishing, because He's had a couple of of good finishes for Spurs prior to the, to his surgery, but I mean everything just seems to have dramatically improved. His hold up play is incredible now. Yeah. Whereas before it, the ball would come into his feet and it would bounce off like a fucking trampoline. So at the minute yeah. now the ball's coming into him, he's holding it up and he's bringing other players into play. So look, I'm all about all aboard the the Richarlison train at the minute.
0: Definitely, and you know, I I for one, you know, have been very critical of Richarlison this season. You know, I've said he has the worst touch of any Brazilian footballer that has ever lived. Yeah. Um, and I still think there will have been times, like I remember the ever- Everton games, obviously that was only yesterday, but there are, there are still times where, yeah. you know, touch is too heavy. But, you know, it's like me when I look at Hoiberg and I think every time he plays the ball backwards or makes a mistake, I recognize it, right? Because that's the thing that I don't like about the player. So yeah. I think maybe, you know, that's something that I, I happen to focus on, but I have been trying to focus on his good parts as well. I thought that yesterday's finishing was sensational and you are right Winnie like ever since he's had this surgery his hold up play has been brilliant because the way that we play with our fast wingers as well if he can get the ball and hold it up um similar to kind of what Harry Kane used to do for us I think um you know
2: he could be a a real real good player so um, sorry I was gonna say I think we have been spoiled obviously with Harry Kane because I don't think I've ever seen Harry Kane fail to get a ball under control Genuinely, I don't think I've ever seen him in misplace a first touch, so I think we have been very, very spoiled by it. Um, and it's you know, it's what we expect now. We expect the striker to drop in and hold the ball up and lay it off. And but look, Richarlison is he's, he's starting to do that now, so all good, definitely. And Harry, 31 minutes in,
0: Spurs can't hold on to a lead, and you know. The, goal ends up be, uh, the score ends up being 1-1. Um, I want to talk about a few different points in this. I want to, first of all, get both of your opinions on the goal because for those who didn't see it, uh, the corner, Everton had a few corners before this, but the corner that, that he scores from, the ball came in. Vicario doesn't deal with the ball, just like against Manchester City. And um, Dominic Cabot lewin should get the goal, but he heads it against Jack Harrison, who ends up getting awarded for the goal. But I want to talk um, about a few people's comments in the chat, first of all, and what they thought um, of the game, uh, of the goal, sorry. So David Clark said earlier, I'm not going for this BS from Spurs fans blaming Vicario for getting bullied. Sorry, senior pros and our other coaching staff have totally failed in both games to put a central defender in to disrupt them from doing it. Um, yeah. And Jay oh. simply said, I think Vicario needs to toughen up. Um, I want to get mm. all of our points on this. Um, so, hey, Harry, what are your thoughts, first of all, on it? Because it's not just Man Manchester City. A lot of people are talking about this Manchester City game. That's the only time that someone's scored against us doing it. But I've, I've seen pe- the teams put players on Vicario pretty much ever since the second or third game of the season because they knew he was a young goalkeeper. They knew he was new to the Premier League and they wanted to disrupt him. This is just the first time that it's ever Kind of happened in, in a goal in twice in quite short succession. So, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, first, it's very simple. But before I get into that, what I will say about Vicario is I didn't necessarily know him at all. I'm not going to claim that when we signed him, but I'd done some basic research um, and I looked up his weakness because I think you, you can go a lot of strength in the YouTube shorts and that kind of thing you see. But one of his weaknesses was crosses and be able to deal with it, whether to punch or catch. Uh, so, I think that's something that's quickly identified by managers. Uh, and Premier League teams. Uh, firstly, for the goal, I blame three people um, and that it's not the officials and it's, it's not Everton, it's not who Harrison, whoever done it. Firstly, Vicario has to be stronger. For me, for me that's the least important, but Vicario has to be stronger. Uh, look at Man City, for example. He's already decided to punch instead of catch. That's on him, putting himself in trouble and his weakness has ultimately been found out through, you know, thought of his own. Um, secondly, it's down to Ange and his coaching staff to go, look, okay, so something's going to happen for the rest of the season. I believe it's going to happen pretty much every game um, and communicate to the players, give Vicario advice, be able to sort the problem or, you know, you, you that is the job of a manager to deal with little things like that. Set plays are a, sh- a huge part, whether you play attacking or defensive football, Pep Guardiola will tell you, right? It's not the way they play, but that goals they score for set pieces that save some points over the years, which leads to titles and trophies. Honestly, it's huge. Uh, and firstly, and most importantly, <laughs> Professional footballers, the amount they paid, it just needs half a brain cell to go right. I'm going to stand in front of I'm going and stand in front of Harrison. If I'm on that pitch and my goalkeeper's being pushed around, I deal with that player. I- I'm blocking him and I- I'm dealing it, deal with it. And if a caro can't, really can't get to it, I'm getting rid of it. I'm making sure my head's there first or my foot's there first. Or I'm clearing the ball. So. It's a bit like a bit of responsibility, really, um, from everyone involved in the club. And you, you, Manchester City happens, right? The car is poor. It's a mistake. We move on. We get knocked out because of it. It's really frustrating. But we learn. But Brentford tried to do the same. You would have thought we'd learn. No. Then it takes Everton to score. We just don't learn. And that's the thing, Luke. It's happened three times now and two resulted in a goal. For us to be sitting here going, do you know what? Something should be done about it. I I don't know. For me, after that Man City game, I I would have addressed it straight away. So it's poor from the players on the pitch, uh, but absolutely not a foul for me. Because, you know, Premier League made it clear this year that goalkeepers aren't going to get that protection. Uh, and I get what people mean in terms of consistency, but Manchester City, there's, there's minimal contact, um, and Vicari had already decided to punch, so that's, that's definitely not a foul. Everton, there was one on Targarski earlier, which didn't lead to anything that, for me, was a foul, but this one, you look back on it, it's, it's soft goalkeeping. So it's poor from Vicari, but when you know it's his weakness, you've got players and the manager got to take responsibility. However, I was on Spurs Kings TV, which is now called Yesterday, with Marlon adjusting, and Marlon was telling me how... Vicaro's weakness can't be improved on. Absolute rubbish. Take responsibility in your own time. Work on catching. It's been a weakness throughout his career. You know, Carrie came when he went on loan to, to several clubs, your Millwalls, your Leicesters, your Norwich. There would have been a weakness there somewhere. Uh, Richarlison, his weakness last season, as you said, was the hold-up play. I believe he's gone away and worked on that, and that's what we're seeing a lot better, involving other players, holding the ball up better. And, ultimately being a bit better striker and helping the team because of it so it's poor all round. but the last last person i'm going to blame is the officials but clever from the opposition
0: yeah I, willie i'll come to you in a second but i want to kind of get some points across first because i feel like you know it gives us a better balance in this argument because i <laughs> want to talk about um i don't want to you know discuss keepers getting any kind of special treatment or anything like that like this isn't going to be any discussion about that but what i do want to discuss is a an attacking player's deliberate uh, deliberate action to not try and play the ball. So I want to talk first of all about um, Jack Harrison. So in that moment, Jack Harrison, he doesn't jump, he doesn't try and play the ball. He backs into Vicario. Now you can argue Vicario needs to either throw him out of the way, push him out of the way, right? He needs to play fire with fire. If that's the way it's going to be, I completely agree with you, Harry you need to put Romero on there or somebody to back into him himself, you know, and push him away from the goalkeeper. Even, you know, if, if he's going to back into the goalkeeper and that's allowed, why is Romero not allowed to back into Jack Harrison and push him away? Because I believe he's probably stronger. My annoyance is, is a inconsistency on decisions like that. You know, the most clear one that everyone throws around is, um, you know, the Man City and Liverpool one, which was disallowed for a pretty exact reason. But the same thing happened in the city game as well. Vicario was backed into, the player didn't try and jump and play the ball. And therefore he has a lesser, I don't want to say advantage, a lesser advantage, right? To try and he has a lesser advantage over any opposition, any player, because the goalkeeper cannot, therefore, then jump as well as he wants to. He cannot catch the ball if he needs to. And the second part of that, which makes me laugh even more, is that when both him and Richarlison were in the goal on their asses, did you know about this rule? That the which I heard about on the telly, which means yeah. if you go off the pitch and the referee doesn't give you permission to go off the pitch, then you are classed as being on the line and therefore playing people on side. That's absolutely insane. Macario and Richardson walk off the pitch, they fell into the goal. How can that then be classed as they won't give them permission for? Oh, it's honestly incredible. But um, anyway, I've had my rant and I've got that out of the way, but I want to come to you when you talk about, yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on the whole thing.
2: So I we we talked about the Man City one, uh, and I disagreed with you, Luke, and said that I didn't think it was a foul. I didn't think their I didn't think their player was was had any real um, impact on Ricario at that time. That the the real the bustling and hustling and bustling was before the ball was kicked, which doesn't have an impact on him at the you know at the time of the ball reaching Ricario. But this one, this one is is bullshit. as you said, Harrison, at all times the ball when before the ball was in play, whilst the ball was in play, whilst Vicario was trying to get the ball, he was still backing in. You can't do that. I don't. I know people say he needs to be stronger. It doesn't matter. His job is to catch the ball, and if he's being impeded in catching the ball, you can challenge him. That's fine, and try and put him off. But you can't physically move him, or you know, you can't physically barge him out of the way, because that's a foul. It's a foul anywhere else on the pitch, not just involving goalkeepers. If two players come together, you've seen it before when two players come together off the ball, you know, or if someone, if someone's, you know, before the ball's got there, someone tries to barge someone out the way to get there. It's a foul because they've they've, they've made it, they've they've made an attempt to do something without the ball being there. So again, it's the inconsistencies. Uh, and for me, I think that um, that that the, the Everton goal was 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 bullshit. And it was an, an absolute foul on, on Vicario. I think it's um, about gaining an, an advantage
0: with an unsportsmanly-like conduct. Do you get what I'm saying? So he's gaining an advantage for his team by yeah. having... What I would like to see is I'd like to see Vicario throw him to the ground yeah, and then catch the ball and see what happens in the game, right? You yeah. can never simulate that because you'd have to obviously potentially give away a penalty for it. But I mean, I'd like to see that and It'd then be worth that seeing a discussion which says... Well, which one's right? It's okay for Harrison to back into him because he's not using his arms. But if Vicario throws him out of the way while he's doing that, then the other thing is that he could do is while he's backing into him, why doesn't he just spin around, like move out the way
2: and then... I think it's very easy. There's a very easy solution. um, And I think it was David who said it. We just get someone in between them. It's happening far too often now. Just get a player in between them I and I don't mean a Romero. I know Romero is probably one of our strongest players, but we we will we, we would like miss his aerial ability. Just get someone in there like a Bentoncore or someone like that or whoever, just someone who can get in between, um, someone who can get in between the the goalkeeper and the the, the striker or whoever's in trying to impede Vicario and just marshal him out of the way. Because it's clearly allowed. We've, we, you know, they've set a precedent now. It's allowed, so surely a player can get in between and barge, barge, barge out the way and, and give Vicario a little bit of room to catch it. Because I've never, be, I've never, you know, before these incidents have happened, I haven't once looked at Vicario and questioned his, you know, ability to catch a ball from the air. You know, it's not something that I've looked and gone, oh, that's a weakness. Like, you know, when Larice um, first started, it was like, oh my god, like this guy can't catch a cold. Um, I haven't looked at Vicario in that way, so. All it takes is let's just for now, for the next couple of games, let's get someone in between every corner and just push him out of the way. Because at one point the ref's going to have to go, well, you know, the Tottenham defender, you can't do that. Well, you clearly can because they're doing it to our goalkeeper. So that might then eradicate the refs giving that little bit of leniency when it comes to the, the player on the keeper. But I, I thought the one yesterday was an absolute foul, but the Man City one wasn't.
0: No, yeah, fair enough. No, it's good to it's good to hear that, and you know, especially good to hear your opinion. Like after things, you've watched things, you know, multiple times, and and whatnot. Uh, David Clark reckons we should just do a Vinnie Jones and uh, grip him by the bollocks, and that will soon stop him from uh, backing into you. But you know, whatever you're into and all that, I don't judge. <laughs> um, that's what you want to do. But look, Harry, at the end of the day, regardless of if it's a foul or not a foul, the worrying thing for me is that Ange Postecoglou did nothing about it. We were just lucky yeah. in the second half. That they just didn't do for some reason. Everton decided not to do it anymore, even though it worked really well for them. Because it happened five or six times in the first half, but there was no instruction from Ange that changed that. And that's the worrying part for me. Is like why, you know, would he not change that? Is, is he is he too worried about his you know players marking specific areas on the pitch, you know, and therefore he couldn't risk losing a player from that area? I don't know.
1: That's what I really want to know. I want to know what goes through Ange's head because. Listen, I love him, but he doesn't show any sign of, of life really on, on the touchline. So, you know, I, I suppose it's better to what you're used to in terms of like Conte, who pushes it and let's face it, embarrasses himself on the touchline. Um, but if that's me. I'll, I'll be, you can, you can, you know, again, Luke, although it's happened in previous games, I get it if it's the first time in the game, but we'd have three or four warnings and, and nothing had changed. And that is for me ultimately. The, the frustrating thing. So we need to learn for it Saturday against Brighton and we, we need to put players to protect Vicario. Vicario needs to be stronger because in the second half, yes, there was no pressure for Everton player, but he was still stronger. You could see with his approach, he's more commanding, whereas he was too worried about gaining the referee's attention for when we saw the goal he wasn't actually focusing on what he's meant to be doing. So I still believe that he can tower over Harrison, but again, would it be given as a penalty? It's just the consistency we're after because one earlier on in the season where Allison gets the foul. And again, there's minimal contact. I don't want to see goalkeepers get that protection anywhere, but it's just the consistency. And I want to be reassured. Um, as you both said that if the curry takes him out, that will it be a penalty? Or not? we just, we just don't know. We, we can't take that risk. So the rules need to be clear. Um, and, and that's what we're after that consistency, but but and his standard travel winner at Celtic, little things like that, he will know that cost us two points and could have cost us two points against Brentford. Luckily, he didn't You he mean cost us the going to progress in the FA Cup against City? Little things like that stop you from, as you said, stop you from getting top four or stop you becoming title challengers because if we get two more points this weekend. We're in a really healthy position with Liverpool also dropping points. Not saying we're going to win the title or anything, but in terms of top four, we're in a healthy position, but now we're in. A difficult position, and, and again, we're back to fifth, and, and the pressure's on us. We've got a tough end of the season, we've got to win our next few games. So, yeah, frustrating. But Angie needs to take a huge chunk of responsibility,
0: yeah, 100%. And talking about Angie again, Winnie, um, made some strange substitutions yesterday. So, Verna and Madison came off, uh, with still some time to play. We're only up by one goal, right? So, we're only 2 1 at this point. Um, Hill and Skip came on and it just didn't didn't work. He then decided to br- bring on Dragashin and, and end with a back five. But as David Clark alluded to earlier, he kept with uh with his wing backs and his inverted wing backs with a three central back uh, central defenders. The only positive that I saw from this before obviously we did concede was that Dragoshin looked like he is Romero two because <laughs> him stood next to Romero when he's um smashing Beto to the floor twice and those two just uh, high-fiving and hugging. It just uh, filled me with all kinds of joy. So, um, yeah, what were your thoughts on Angie's
2: subs? Yeah, again, I just, I, I, I don't know whether they needed to be made. Um, and again, that's what I feel. And uh, we've had it before where sometimes managers look like they feel, you know, like they just feel like they need to make a sub for the sake of it or, you know, to give someone a run out and, Look, it was an it was an important game for us, really, because it would have put us in a very very if we have held on, it would have put us in a very very good position um, in the table. But again, like I say, I just feel like they were they were probably unnecessary, um, and, and, and and unless it's down to fatigue, um, then I can I can excuse it. But I don't know if it was, and I don't believe it was. I think it was, um, as you say, there was no you know if you changed personnel, you probably change your tactics to suit it as well. Um, but we just seem to to keep our, our usual tactics, but change the personnel up, and it just, it kind of just disrupted anything that we had. And I think that's the problem with substitutions is, regardless, even if they're like for like, that player who comes onto the pitch, regardless if it's 70, 80 minutes into a game, they're not going to be up to scratch, um, you know, physically, mentally, as everyone else is because they've been they've been playing, running around for not, you know, for 70 minutes. So I just I do question that. I feel like sometimes he makes a sub for the sake of it. Um, and hopefully um, that changes. But as I say, I mean, if if we're going to do that in the future with our fully fit squad, it might be a Basuma coming off to try and um, impact the game differently. So again, when we have a fully fit squad, um, I'll like you know I'll, I'll judge his substitutions at that point. But they were you know I can't no denying it. it they were definitely strange. Definitely,
0: and even uh, Dragushin, it, it felt like. He's The, la- the last twi- twice he's brought him on, it's felt like he's brought him on, created a back five just to give him some minutes, yeah. uh, but wants to leave his normal... It's like going to a back five doesn't seem like an end ang- thing to do later on. Do you get what I mean? But yet he Absolutely. didn't kind of like just give him a few minutes and, you know, warm his legs a little bit like why he brought Brian Hill on, you know, let him have a little run yeah. and, you know, keep him a little bit fresh. But, you know, I, surely he's not as naive as that. Surely I'm kind of... That's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but do you get what I mean? Like it just seems all a bit all a bit odd. But anyway, Harry, we go and uh, well Decky goes and gives away a free kick in the 93rd minute. Done. first play a high line, fair enough. But this is where I think Vicario needs to do better. And I will be critical in Vicario because he need 93rd minute, he has to recognise the danger and come out and clear the ball, or at least try and attempt to get the ball from um, Brathwaite, Brathwaite, I can't remember the exact name. Brathwaite, yeah. Yeah, the ball comes off um, as the free kick comes in, comes off um, Romero, and uh, you know, he heads in at the back post. But what, what are your thoughts on that whole situation at the end? Because it's really frustrating that we go from going in a week where we get six points, which would be massive, to a week where we only get four.
1: I, I, I'm fuming. I was fuming then, and I'm fuming now, because, listen, I'm of my school team. I'd be fuming if we defended that. they wouldn't be spoken to for the rest of the week because that that is basic stuff you're in stoppage time you see out the game you set pieces the most basic thing at football that come up whether you're a small team I don't know big team it it always come up how to defend them and how to score them but defending them is always the most important keeping the ball out the back of your net gives you a fighting chance and we just don't do that it is honestly shocking from Kulisewski a professional football. Listen, I love him, but he's frustrating. He always has been as well. He carries the ball too long, doesn't pass, gives away silly free kicks, we lose the ball. He's just—he's too slow. He's a good player, but he frustrates me out of anyone in that Spurs team, and that is just represents that, right? He gets the gets the ball uh, given to him, space to turn, you know. And there's players in behind. Johnson's uh, was—I think—believe was one of them. But anyway, there's players in behind. Um You just got for me, you absolutely smash it. Or do you play the pass? He doesn't either. He takes. One too many touches, loses the ball. That's bad enough, right? But you think, okay, we've got a back five behind him. It's going to be all right. So what does he decide to do? Give away foul outside the box. What are we good at? Defending set pieces. And against someone like Everton, who are a physical team and love set pieces, you give them a set piece. So from Kulosevsky, that's the type of thing where you go, I wish you could strip a a player's wage. Because it's the basics. It's like playing in the FA Cup. You're playing Marine, right? And it's nil-nil towards the end. But, you know, we're going to give them a corner. A little thing, you know, always doing it deliberately. So that frustrates me. Uh, Romero, I think it's poor. People saying, "Okay, yeah, but if you you say if he left it, it went in, you'd have a go at him. No, he's got to take a step back, set himself. He's a professional footballer. He's in the wrong position. He's not in the line. Uh, The line was too high, Um, which, again, that comes back to Andrew. It comes back to the players. A bit of common sense. You step deeper, you get ahead. And ultimately, you—you you, for me, you see out that game and you win the game. So little things like that. Vicario poor, no communication, doesn't know where to come or go. It's—it's it's, it's shocking. Uh, and any one of us could put the ball in the back of the net. There's three or four players unmarked, and you just don't. I, for me, you just don't defend that high in that position. It's just you. All you've got to do is time your run, and you're in. You scored. So few minutes. Yeah,
0: and Winnie, um, <laughs> as the eternal optimist that I am, um, it's not the end of the world, right? Spurs finished the weekend in fifth. You know, a lot of people before the season started said seventh, eighth, ninth and lower. You know, some of us strong people like myself said fifth. Um, So, you know, I'll keep banging that drum um, until I can. But look, we're sitting fifth. Top four is still a real possibility this season. Um, And so, you know, we did get four points this week out of two games, which you can't really... um, you know be too annoyed at it's just there's little tweaks that we need to make just to keep
2: the consistency up, isn't there? Mate, I saw I saw one of the Tottenham um, f- you know football accounts on Twitter. Um, and- oh god! No, 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 no. And, and and I think they was play, it Harry um, Scarf. Um, yeah, I'm dodgy account anyway. Um no, I'm joking. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember who it was. But they, they 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 obviously screenshot our last three Premier League games. Um, and put oh, it's yeah, not great, that's hot that spell reports. Yeah, I saw that. Is that what it was. So it's yeah. not great, is it? And I looked at it and I thought, five points out of nine. Okay, F- regardless of your opponent, five points out of nine is not a, a, not a disgraceful return. Yeah, there's no losses in there, bear in mind. Okay, we've gone away, away to Old Trafford, which okay, United aren't the force they used to be. I'm well aware of that, but Old Trafford is still a tough place to go. Yep. Regardless of what situation they're in, so and we, we, you know, we managed to come away with that for, with a draw. Yes, we talk about the Brentford game; we, it could have been different, but it wasn't. We managed to see out a three-two win. And again, Goodison Park is another. I know that I know they are in the relegation zone, but they're in a relegation zone because of their ten-point deduction. I know, I know that you know that they're still not, uh, they're not, not, not great this season, and they are a team that can be got at, and you can beat them. But regardless of that, you add those ten points on there higher up the table and they're not in the relegation zone. And Goodison Park is another tough place to go. So if we're coming out of, as you say, it's not all doom and gloom. In our last three games, we've been to Goodison Park, we've um, we've been to Old Trafford and we've had a home game in between, and we've come up with five points with no losses. I'm I'm satisfied. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and complain and people will go, Oh, you know, we're better than that, are we? We're, you know, we're talking about we're talking about Tottenham Hotspur. We're talking about a brand new manager, a brand new side, effectively, full of youngsters. the The future is very, very bright, and we've got a manager who, let's not forget, you know, obviously, he he had his his, his, his critics beforehand because he's only been in Japan, he's only been in Celtic, where he's won things, okay. But we're talking about someone who is. On the on on the list to um, succeed Klopp and Guardiola when they both leave their respective positions, so the two, two of the, the two of the best teams in, in the league currently. So he's obviously doing something right. So it, as you say, it's not all doom and gloom, mate.
0: Definitely, mate. I saw I saw a very similar article to that, and it was something to do with the fact that Spurs only you know after Andrews doing so well, yet Spurs have a very similar tally as they had at this stage last season or something like that. And then, you know, someone commented pretty, you know, proper comment and basically said, oh, yeah, did we also lose our greatest striker of all time? Did we also have one of the biggest injury crises that we've ever had? Did we also have a manager who's never managed in the Premier League taking over, you know, at a time when we need, you know, solidity and and things like that the most? Like, it's absolute nonsense. And those people write things for clicks and they write things for bait and um, people lap it up. You know, and people will continue to laugh it up. But look, we're the realists and we know really what's going on in this world. Um, But anyway, let's talk about the scores because we had a few score predictions this week. So I'll quickly go through it. Brentford, nobody got a correct score because Callum went for a (laughs) 2-1 win. Harry went for a 3-1 win. Willie went for a 2-1 win. And me and Dave both went for a 3-1 win. So we all end up with one point. But in the Everton game, Callum went for a 3-2 Spurs win. Harry went for a 0-0 draw. Uh, Winnie went for a 1-1 draw. And me and Dave went for 2-0 Spurs wins. So actually, I laughed at Harry's prediction, but Harry ended up with one point. Winnie ended up with one point. So, Winnie, uh, sorry, yeah, Winnie and Harry end up the week on two points, which does this to our score predictor table. I'm still Probably in the league, league, but I'm not in the league by very much anymore. 21 points. Winnie's on 20. Dave on 16. Harry also on 16. And Callum on 13. Um, so, it's all to play for you, but you, it's getting getting closer. H is slowly, slowly creeping up that table. and
1: uh, Same with FPL as well, it's finally coming together a little bit. <laughs>
0: we will go into FPL, don't you worry about that. Hasn't has um, updated yet.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why I've been holding off for as long as I can. I know,
1: it's driving me mad. Uh,
0: exactly. Let's talk then uh, about Brighton. Because we've got Brighton in our next game, a team who are as inconsistent as they come. They get beaten 4 0 by Luton and then go ahead and uh, smash Crystal Palace this weekend. Yeah, 4 uh, 1. Know, we got battered by them last time. Uh, let's not forget, Harry, what, what are your thoughts on this game? Do you think this is a game that we can capitalize on their strange form?
1: It's a game that we, we have to win, right? We, we, we all know, and uh, well, I'm certainly worried. You look towards the end of the season. The run that we've got, we've got seven or six or seven weeks where we play pretty much everyone who sh- will probably be in and around us. We ask the Villa, you're Liverpool, your City. They're all combined into that short space. Um, and listen, we've got a nice next four, five, six games, uh, and we have to win these um, against Brighton, a team that if they win, they start to to to, to catch up on us. So we we want to kind of. Pull away if you like, and because you know, to, to you want to pull away from teams like your Brightons and, and West Ham. We're already starting to do that against West Ham, a lot of it of their own doing. Um, but Brighton as well, if we can pull away from them, because you've got someone like Man United, right? Two, two wins out of two, they're getting players back. Casemiro and Martinez, very, very key part to this, Rashford back. Up and fire him. Hoyland, so much form since he scored against Aston Villa. So I think United will have a superb end to the season to the point where they could be very close to catching us. So we need to win games like this. As you said, capitalise on Brighton's inconsistency. Um, It won't be easy, but it's a game that you go, if you don't win, then I'm a little bit concerned. So let's hope we do win.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I completely agree. I think, like, you know, if we can beat teams that are below us, this is going to sound really stupid, so bear with me. If we can beat teams that are below us, We've got a much better agree. chance of finishing above you know above them and uh into the top four. So we need to win these games. <laughs> no, surely not. I know, I know madness, isn't it? Madness. Well, I know, right?
2: That's what will happen. And I, I would all I would I would flip that and say the teams above us, if we don't beat them, we ain't gonna go above them. So you know Oh, there we go.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly. Well, um,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Winnie, um what are your thoughts on Brighton?
2: Yeah, it will be a tough game. We don't seem to we don't seem to play well against Brighton for whatever reason, whether they whether they stifle us or when we just never have. No, it's whether it's some sort of mental hoodoo we've got. I don't know what it is. We don't seem to do well. However, um at home I expect us to play well and I expect us to play free flowing attacking football and I expect maybe, you know, cuz let's people like Madders who uh, since the, since he's come back from his injury hasn't been fully fit. He's registered two assists. Okay, that's still great, but he hasn't been the Madison that we saw before his injury. Um, so maybe we can start seeing a little bit of a glimpse of him coming back to full fitness. But it's going to be a tricky game. There's no doubt about it. Um, we just not need to hopefully not give a penalty away because um, that Joao Pedro just seems to put away every single penalty he's ever took. Maybe so he's missed a penalty. I don't know. I'd be very surprised if so he's ever missed has- one. Low last season he
1: did in the league cup i believe but no generally his record is is superb
2: but again as we said even that brighton game where they battered us there was a there was a point in that game where i thought actually we're going to get something back from this so it shows their mm. vulnerable side um, even at like however many goals they were ahead at the time so yeah it's going to be a difficult game for sure um, but it's a game i expect us to win
0: yeah definitely and this kind of goes to my comment towards David here. David said we've conceded 27 goals in our last 14 games. That's not Champions wow. League qualification. No. But what I want to ask David is how many goals have we scored in the last 14 games? Because you you know, didn't put that bit in. If you can tell me how many goals we've scored because if we scored more goals, then I would suggest that that is Champions League qualification for. Because at the end of the day, the number that matters most is the number of points you get at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's kind of leads me to talk about Brighton because as you both Sort have alluded to, I believe that Brighton can be got at, but if we hope we step back and don't attack them, they will pick us apart and they will beat us because the Zerbe is a very, very good coach. And his coach, you know, the assist from Welbeck yesterday was absolutely sensational. And this is a player who's got to be in his 40s by now, man. He's so old, it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. But what a, pa- what a player, and you know, if but if we do the opposite of that, like Luton did, and we attack them and we push them, like we did late on against them. We can get goals. We may concede a couple of goals. Yeah. That's We said this at the start of the season. This will happen under Androposy Cogler. We will concede goals. But it's about how many goals we score. And um, I think that'll be the real uh, difference maker come uh, next weekend. You know, when we talk about the scores, which kind of leads us to our score predictions. So I hope you all have your score predictions ready. Yeah. And the, again, by the popular demand, us. we will be back with star player. So get your star players ready. Uh, Winnie. What score
2: are you going for? I just said go to H first. I don't know. <laughs> all right.
1: Go on, I Harry. I don't mind going first. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, i was yeah, I've been deciding all show between two, and that is 3-1 or 3-2, because then there's goals in it to Tottenham. And I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. Uh, Yal Pedro will open the scoring, and we'll come back again. Then we need another halftime team talk. I think we'll be really strong in the second half. 3-1 Spurs.
0: You've stolen my score prediction. The thing is, right? I was,
1: I was so close to saying three two because I, I could see. I don't want to go dunk three, two, scoring as well
0: because I need my points. This is what I'm thinking about now. I'm thinking about how I can try and get back in the lead, and I just—it's a long shot to predict a five-goal thriller, isn't it? Part part of me wants
1: part of me wants to though. Still, you know
0: what? Two one, two one Spurs, two one. Okay. I'm gonna go
1: safe.
2: Um, Winnie, Does what he... are you going for? Uh, I was gonna go two one Spurs. <laughs> Um, that's I, why I always let you go before me so I can just copy you from now uh, on. then you can yeah, yeah, let's,
1: let's face it we're not keeping a cliche <laughs> you
2: know what I'm I'm going to go yeah 3-2 Spurs maybe I just baited you into that
1: you wait 3-2 now <laughs>
0: yeah probably yeah probably so um, Johnny who's sad that he missed down school predictions last week well that's your own fault for not tuning in uh, he said 3-3 three, three for me Brighton mm, is a havoc yeah. team can't predict easily 2 2 for this one. Um, David Clark has gone. Do you know what? I'll take your 3 2 and I'll fucking bring you a 4 2. So 4 2 Spurs he's gone for. Um,
2: it's going to be goals.
0: Has, has gone for 2 1 Spurs. Brighton will give you a good game, but Spurs being at home, think you're being okay. Definitely is goals. Um, so if you're a betting person, definitely get on those goals betting. But um, only bet where well, you can afford, people. Uh, Winnie. Who's your star player gonna be? Winnie. Madison. I thought you'd just got into a mute then. Madison. <laughs> I will go for Richarlison.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, Harry. Uh Petro Parra.
1: I think he had a really good game. I think he'd get two assists. Nice. I like it. Because the way Brighton, play, it, it, way Brighton play, it suits the fullbacks. They play high. They have a lot of space, uh, both in Verdley and playing uh, hugging the touchline as well. So they should have a lot of room. There be, should be assists from at least one of our fullbacks.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll definitely update uh, you all with Dave and Callum's predictions as and when they come in um, over the course of the week. Stay tuned to our Twitter and you'll get to see everyone's scores the day of the match. Let's quickly talk about FPL. As we say, it hasn't updated
2: yet, so we're going Uh. with yesterday's um, scores. Um, Do you know what? I'll be honest. I haven't checked the FPL app for about four weeks. I don't even know what's going on.
1: He's done well. Have I? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's done well. He's
0: done well. So Dave is no longer at the top of the league as of yesterday. Uh, 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 uh. Shan Mohit with Eric Ten Sargalu is uh, top of the league. Wow. With one thousand two hundred and seventy five points, Dave is in second with one thousand two hundred and sixty-one points. So quite a few points. But Luke can
1: can um, I just say Sean's let himself down though? Because they've got Dan Byrne in there, he's got obviously got minus one. Sacco's on the bench, he got nine points. So that could that could be massive for Dave, because that's what no. ten points lost. Yeah, hundred percent. Um
0: Winnie is in sixth. With 1,230 points. I stay ninth with 1,182 points. Um, Harry Scarf is on one thousand one hundred and eighteen points. And Callum Stubbs is on nine hundred and seventy-one points. He actually got eight points on Saturday, compared to the person who's above him, who got sixty-eight points. So um look, Thomas <laughs> is still bottom, unfortunately, Thomas, but you are
1: slowly, slowly.
2: slowly. Again,
1: though, you go yeah. through um, Callum's team, right? Livramento, Lascelles, Ramsdale, Mitchell, Son, uh, Chimet for Everton. Never heard of him. He did come on. Got, he's got Saka and Yal Pedro on the bench. you got nine and eight points <laughs> re- re- respectively.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah, Thomas is uh, about 600 points away from Callum. So it will take a, a long time, Thomas, for you to get there. But I still appreciate you, um, you coming in and and being involved. But yeah, we'll update next week with exactly where we all sit, but will Dave get to the back of the top of the league? If he doesn't, then we can all spam him in the chat. Um, right. So last thing I want to talk about before we go. So we already spoke at the start of the show. FIFA streams will be back. Um, hopefully we're looking at the following week if we can. Um, looking at the ideas either between something similar to what we were doing before or potentially Mm -hmm. a FIFA Pro Clubs series where, you know, if no one's played Pro Clubs, you will um, play with an individual player
2: on the pitch. Just on that, let us know anyone that watches us regularly that's in the chat now, let us know what you think about a a Pro Clubs edition episode, because I know that it can be quite popular. I know other people have, you know, other other YouTubers and streamers and stuff done Pro Clubs and they've been quite successful. So, um, just let us know what you think about it but we do also have a backup not a backup plan but we do have a, a plan for a new a new series don't we so
0: yeah definitely and it uh, would be good for you all to join now I've been holding this out for the whole show I'm not actually going to tell you what it is but we do actually have like a pretty big announcement hopefully coming next week um, even Harry's looking at it, confused even Harry doesn't even know what this is about I've been dealing with it secretly in the background so hopefully next week I'll be able to share it all with you it's pretty big um, and it's pretty good for the channel. So hopefully we will get there. So tune in next week. If I get everything done and sorted, then I'll be able to announce it next week. But Huge. Uh, yeah, it's big, ah. it's big, 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 so anyway. Um, look, let's go around the uh I've left Harry Shell Shocks, but let's uh go around the houses and uh tell everyone how they can find you all. So H, thank you again for coming on. Um I believe right. thank you. um I will be hosting next week but the following week i won't be in and you will be back hosting the channel so tell everyone how they can find you
1: yeah thank you very much for having me uh, again don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel if you want to follow me you can there Harry uh, harryscar22 yeah it's been a great day because i've uh, i've joined look sports media uh which is great a big step for for my career so i'm very very happy um to, to be offered that role and i'm very looking forward to getting started tomorrow I uh, don't know when the fast article will be written, but hopefully by the weekend. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that. That means obviously my time as a football writer at Valve comes to an end. Um, I'm, I'm Valve Woman at uh, WSL. So yeah, i met some amazing people. So thank you very much to them. Uh, if you want to... As well, subscribe to my channel, Scarfie Spurs, please do. Very busy January, uh, over 130 uh, pieces of individual content. So it was a nice, busy month. Um, so it's a pleasure to deliver daily content for you. Uh, back to the match reactions, uh, match previews, match day vlogs and weekly live shows every Monday, 8 p.m. This Monday is a big one. It's got Billy T on, Holly Agambar and Ben Talks Football, who is viral at the moment on TikTok. So go tune in, 8 p.m
0: amazing brilliant yeah definitely go tune in to uh to harry's show tomorrow night um just before we go on to winnie uh forgot to obviously mention which I did earlier we will be joined by um holly Aganbar next week on the show along with you know the regulars that, that come on this show so uh tune in to
2: to her and hear what she's got to say about the brighton match but winnie how can everyone find you uh yeah winnie1991 on twitter um follow me if you want but it'd be pretty boring so probably probably i'd probably you know recommend not doing it um <laughs> uh, the monday maybe maybe not this week but maybe next week the monday controversial tweets on the pod uh twitter can be back i'll be back with a bang um luke can give me access again if he feels like uh he can trust me uh, <laughs> i am also i'm on a, i'm on holly's show tomorrow um so yeah, you know, saw that, yeah. feel free to, to come over there and, and watch obviously and subscribe to her at the same time uh, but other than
0: that, peace out. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, thank you to everybody in the chat. Um, thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Do you know what? Even whoever was acting as a troll in the chat, I respect it. I respect the trade. Yeah, I respect definitely. the grind. And uh, thanks for giving us loads <laughs> of views. Appreciate that. Uh, but no, uh, make sure you check out everybody's content. Uh, make sure you go check out Harry's stuff as well. Make sure you go over to Winnie's Twitter page as well. Um, you can follow me, Luke underscore Park Lane, if you want to. But more importantly, make sure you subscribe to this channel. Uh too many people are unsubscribing at the moment, so let's reverse that and subscribe again, please, people. Um, because I'm sick of looking at them going down. But anyway, we will see you next week where we'll talk more Spurs and hopefully another three points and uh even see if Harry can get a win in the score predictor table. But until then, we'll see you next time and a massive come on you Spurs.
2: Come on, you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.